G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. The footprints of Jesus are all over this country. We're just not seeing them. And we need interpreters who are going to say, listen, you love the Far West Children's Scheme. You love the Flying Doctor Service. Well, why aren't we allowed to say, you know, Jesus Christ was the one behind this idea, that John Flynn would not have done that. No Jesus, no Flying Doctor Service. The Story. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part three of our three-part conversation with the Outback historian, Paul Rowe. Paul's the author of the book, Tell Me Another, a storyteller's search for Australia's lost faith. Paul's been sharing with us his life journey and about the importance of preserving Australia's spiritual heritage. Once again, Paul is joining us from his home in Dubbo in New South Wales, and he's chatting with Eric Scadabo. And then next you became involved in tourism. How did that come about? Well, I was teaching in Cornerstone. So we'd have, you know, 20, 30 students sitting in the classroom every day and we'd be having to teach the Bible. But a lot of, you couldn't shut the door on what was happening all around us with droughts and, you know, floods and uh, crop failures and successes and all this sort of stuff. And then, mm-hmm. then the real social problems that were there in town with the Indigenous community were suffering and struggling with their identity right in the main street. Mm-hmm. We ran coffee shops for kids on weekends. So it was right in our face. So, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't be talking theory about stuff. You know, you had to kind of come up with real answers to real questions. Yeah, it had to be grounded in reality. Grounded in reality. And mm-hmm. so one of the steps I took, because I was a historian and I was invited to think about being on local council and I, I had no real idea what local councils did, <laughs> yeah. um, I ended up, there I am in local council and I realised, okay, you work out a little portfolio for yourself. So I could say, well, my background as a historian would help because Burke had a very diligent group of amateur historians who'd done a prodigious amount of work in that 12 or 14 volumes of Burke history that they'd culled. But very few people were going to sit down and read 14 volumes of Burke history. Mm-hmm. So they sit in the library or around the place. And I began to see, well, what we need to do is get these stories out into the marketplace because they're, they're Burke's greatest asset. Mm-hmm. Burke had amazing stories. Mm-hmm were hidden you couldn't see them if you drove drove into town you just see the problems Mm. Uh, but i knew that we could do something with this so the the opportunity came up for cornerstone to help run the tourist center which we did Mm -hmm. and i learned a great deal through that because when you're out in the tourist market you've got people roll through the door they come up from melbourne you know they've got stickers on their caravan they roll in the door (laughs) and they say well tell me a story and i said yeah well step this way (laughs) I'm glad Every you asked. Every day we'd have these people come through the door. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. And we had great fun telling and road testing all these stories that we had. And people were looking at me going, this is amazing. How come we never hear these stories? Nobody's ever told us this story, you know. Yeah. So I realised the little, little, what seemed like small stories in Burke were actually stories, one, that were 
were as big as Australia and mm. two were plugged in directly into the human story. Mm. So as you told them, people identified with them. They get tears in their eyes. They mm. say, wow, you know, that's yeah. amazing. That's powerful. So I realized, wow, we've got an asset. We're sitting on this big pile of stories. And amongst them, Eric, were so many stories of Christians who'd done significant things, not just for Burke, mm -hmm. but for Australia, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the Flying Doctor Service, the mm -hmm. Far West yep. Children's Scheme, Mother Teresa, Mother MacKillop, all these people have been in Burke mm. and they've done amazing things, serving people with education, medical care, pastoral care, uh, gifted the bush with amazing things and that came out of their faith. There was mm. no question about it. And as I joined those dots for people, they'd look at me and go, wow, I, I didn't realise that. I didn't mm. realise that that's why John Flynn did that. All. So, for example, uh, I interviewed a... A mail truck driver who used to drive the mail truck in the 1930s up to a little town on the border called Hungerford, rough road. And he told me, he said, you know, I'd pick up kids at Hungerford that night and I'd tie them in the front of the truck with a bit of rope because I didn't have a door. And mm. we'd drive through the night with those kids sitting in the truck and we'd get to Burke about four in the morning. And there on the station waiting for those kids was Mr. and Mrs. Drummond. He said, geez, they were wonderful people, mate. They were like Jesus out here. Hmm. Now, those two people, he was, a, he was a Methodist minister and his wife from Cobar. They used to drive through the back country and they'd find all these kids there who'd had no medical help, no dental care, never had a holiday, uh, were deprived in lots and lots of ways. So they would pick these kids up, drive them all the way into Burke or, or get the mail truck guy to drop them to the station. Then they'd take them on the train to Sydney He'd walk into the, the, the Macquarie Street specialists <laughs> and say, I've got no money. These kids have got no money. What are you going to do about it? And so huh. he, called, he got all these doctors, specialists, to come and help him do things for these kids, mm. started a home for them to have a holiday out at Manly. It's still there, mm. Far West Children's Scheme. Mm -hmm. And they've looked after hundreds of thousands of kids since. But it was an expression of his faith in Jesus that sent him out there, mm -hmm. love for those kids, yeah. love for those people. Mm -hmm. And... People saw, like that truck, mail truck driver, he saw Jesus standing on the platform. <laughs> and, mm. and that's, uh, I suppose, those sort of stories ignite in me, Eric, the sense that ah, the footprints of Jesus are all over this country. Yeah. We're just not yeah. seeing them. Mm. And we need interpreters who are going to say, listen, you love the Far West Children's Scheme. You love the Flying Doctor Service. My wife and I work here in Dubbo at the exhibition for the Flying Doctor Service. It's mm. a beautiful exhibition. It explains the whole thing. But it doesn't tell you really why he did it. Yeah. Know, that yeah. it was as a sixteen year old boy, he had a call on his heart from God mm -hmm. to do something for Australia. And now we've got seventy seven aircraft, ten million dollars a piece or more, mm -hmm. covering the whole of Australia. You can be in hospital no matter where you have an accident or you're sick in two hours. Well, that is amazing. I mean, yeah. where in the world does that happen else? You know, and you get it for free. Like it's just astonishing. Well, why aren't we allowed to say, you know, Jesus Christ was the one behind this idea, mm -hmm. that John Flynn would not have done that. No Jesus, no mm -hmm. flying doctor service. Yep. And it makes me cranky that we're, we're <laughs> being edited. No, oh, whatever you do, don't talk about Jesus. Well, why not? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's the most successful leader in human history. Why wouldn't you want to talk about him? And look at what he's gifted us. So it just mm -hmm. makes me frustrated and angry that we've been told, oh, 
you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk about anything else. And the other thing, Eric, if I can rave on a little bit here, but go for it. One of the stories I came across was there were Afghans in Burke who ran camels in the early part of the 1900s, mm-hmm. and um, they did a sterling service, look, reaching right into the dry parts of the outback where only camels could go, and they were great at it. And they helped a lot of those big properties and stations and industries thrive. So there was about 50 or 60 of them in Burke, and I met, interviewed a lady who was sold as a bride to an Afghan for 10 pounds in during the first world war or before and it, she was only 13 and uh she didn't really understand what had happened and she lived inside that muslim community fairly strict they kept her inside it and uh, when i interviewed her at 86 years old she said that shed down the yard there that's where they used to say their prayers and i said really so it's like the mosque in burke <laughs> the mm. afghans had gone home long before a few had stayed but most went home so I, when I was on council, I said, well, we should rescue that mosque and put it in, in the in the cemetery, which they did, and they put it down near the, a few Afghan graves in the Burke Cemetery. A few years later, I'm researching on museums, and I found that there is a Muslim museum in Melbourne funded by the state and federal government where tens of thousands of people are going and learning about the Muslim contribution to Australia. Mm-hmm. And I was astonished. I thought, well, wow. And so I looked up their website and... Lo and behold, there's a little, a little YouTube clip of these four Muslim boys driving around in a four-wheel drive looking for Muslim history all over Australia, and mm. their big find was in Burke. <laughs> and here they were down in front of this little tin mosque in the Burke Cemetery praying and, mm. and saying, wow, this is great. Well, at first I was, I was shocked. I thought, wow, you know, I rescued that thing. And yeah. did I do the right thing? And then I stopped and said, hang on a minute, Paul, you're a historian. It was there. You can't edit that out. Right, exactly. Uh, but what did sober me, Eric, was the fact that I thought to myself, now, good for the Muslims. They're out there looking for their story. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. they're putting it in a museum and they're telling mm-hmm. it to Australia. Where are the Christians? Where mm-hmm. are the Christian young people driving around our country looking for the Christian story? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we Christians as proud of our story? You know, why mm. don't we want to know it and tell yeah. our story? And, yeah. and that's what drives me. I think I get passionate when I see that and I think, come on, get our act together. We've got a fantastic story to tell. Okay, there are bad and ugly things that happened as well, and we shouldn't shirk that. But it's time we stood up and said, excuse me, uh, you're trying to edit this story out. That's not good history. It's mm-hmm. dishonest and it's unfair. Right. And all we're asking is the Christians have given an enormous amount to this country. People like John Flynn and Stanley Drummond and his wife and so on. We have produced an enormous amount of social capital in this country, which Australia is spending. All we're asking is for the chance to tell the story and for you to hear it and make your own mind up about it. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with the Outback historian, Paul Rowe, and hearing his life journey. Next, we'll hear more of Paul's story and about his passion for sharing the impact Jesus has had on Australia. All that and more is coming up when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. 
Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're back with more of Eric Scadabo chatting with the Outback historian, Paul Rowe. Paul's the author of the book, Tell Me Another, a storyteller's search for Australia's lost faith. Now, here's more of his chat with Eric Scadabo. Okay, well, what is the answer then? How are we going to reclaim Australia's Christian heritage? What do you propose? What should we do? In 2006, uh, there was a big conference in Parliament House in Canberra, and uh, for two days we heard brilliant papers presenting Australia's Christian heritage Mm -hmm. by top-line people in every field. And I left that conference thinking, wow, you know, this is fantastic. But as is often the case with talk fests, the question is, okay, well, we can sit here and convince each other about this, but how do we get it out there in the marketplace? Pretty mm-hmm. much what I'd learned in Burke. Yeah. You can have 14 volumes of Burke history, but unless you put it into a, a format where people can access it, mm-hmm. what's the point? So in Burke, I ended up working on a project called the Beckerberg Exhibition Centre, which is there and open today. And it, it has 20, 30, 40,000 people a year going through reading the stories of Burke. And in, embedded in them, in them is the stories of what Christians have given to the town. So I learned a lesson from that, Eric, that you can take something that's invisible and make it visible, and people love it. Mm -hmm. So out of that conference in Canberra, I got alongside a man called Stuart Piggin, who's probably Australia's number one uh, evangelical Christian historian, and he'd been writing a lot of stuff. And I was very rude to him, really, because I said, Mm -hmm. Stuart, you're writing brilliant stuff. But who's going to read it? Like, uh, if it's just the Christians reading it, and it's probably lesser of them even reading it, Mm -hmm. um, we need to get it out there in the marketplace where Australians understand this important part of our history. It's not just an add-on. It's fundamental to our history. Mm. So since then, uh, Stuart's written two major volumes and a bunch of other academics have done the same. So we've probably never been so well-resourced as we are right now in the interim, I worked with Stuart and a bunch of other people to on an idea to do the same for Australia as we did for Burke. That is, gather the stories and articulate them in an accessible fashion in uh, a high-tech exhibition space that would engage and win people to the story, to mm. say to Australians, you can go to the War Memorial and hear the story of the war, mm. but what about this story? This is a longer, deeper, higher, wider, more embracing story than even the Anzac story, as powerful as that is. Mm-hmm. Um, this embraces all sorts of Australians. It's not just about men. It's not just about war. And most of those war stories happened outside Australia. Mm-hmm. What about all these stories that are sitting here right under our feet, right in front of our faces, mm-hmm. that need to be told, you know, that people just don't know. Nobody's bothered to tell them. And it's not until somebody stands up and says, hey, come and listen to this story and i'm talking about not just the airbrushing the christian history it's about telling the ugly stories as well Mm. so behind me you can see on the screen behind me uh, you can see behind me i've got some boards telling the story of bill ferguson who here in dubbo in 1938 he led the first day of mourning in sydney he was the martin luther king of australia and he was lost Mm. Uh, people just didn't know his story A couple of years ago, I worked with an Aboriginal friend to get the story up. His statue is now in the main street of Dubbo, and people see his story every day. Mm -hmm. And along with William Cooper down in Victoria, another Christian, I I tell people this, look, there are six 
Aboriginal people leaders that I know who are memorialised in our country, they're all Christians. Mm. But nobody knows that. You yeah. don't hear that yeah, being talked that. about. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Ferguson, Bill Cooper, who's also memorialised in, in Israel because he took a stand for the Jewish people in mm-hmm. 1938. Um, David Unipon is on the $50 note. Uh, Doug Nichols and his wife are in front of the Parliament House in Melbourne. If you go to the Outback Historian website, you'll see read a lot of these stories there. Mm-hmm. And more recently, right beside the Sea of Galilee, there's a statue for the Aboriginal Light Horseman, and Jack Pollard is the man there. He's kneeling beside his horse over the grave of a friend. In his left hand, he's got his New Testament. So I say to people, mm-hmm. listen, <laughs> I'm not pushing this on you. I'm just telling you, all these leaders were Christians. You yeah. join the dots. Yeah, And I, I think that's what I want to see happen, not just in that story, but there are tens of thousands of stories like this across our country. Jesus' footprints are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And my ambition is, my dream would be to gather all those stories into one place for the very first time, instead of sitting in fusty old, you know, back back corner of the church or something, <laughs> bring them out into the open. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, I went, mm-hmm. I went to a little church or a church in... Cobbity in New South Wales, and the lady there was telling me this church was built by Thomas Hassel, and he was one of the first, he ran the first Sunday school in Australia, and this is his church, and, da, da, da. and then she goes to the corner cupboard in the church, and she pulls out this box, big wooden box, pulls it out and said, now this is the medical kit that his parents took with them to Tahiti in 1792, uh, when they went there as missionaries, <laughs> and wow. he went there as a little baby, and I'm thinking, what? Sitting in the corner of the church in the back cupboard. Come on. <laughs> yeah. What a story. You know, yeah, this young couple yeah. have come all the way around the world to a wild part of the world. And they began Sunday schools here in Australia. He traveled all across the back country around Sydney as a preacher, a much loved preacher. And, and it began industries and all sorts of stuff. Come on. We've got to tell these stories. So I wanted to see, and there's a bunch of us still dreaming mm. um, that we can do this. We were gifted a brilliant plan by an American architect living in England who said, I cannot believe your national capital does not have an expression of its faith, of its Christian faith. Mm-hmm. There's a space there that was meant to have a cathedral that's never been built. Um, so he gifted us a half million dollar design for nothing wow. of a brilliant building that's Opera House standard that would attract people there just because it's a building. <laughs> but, yeah. but it would contain, his passion was that you get the story first, then you build the building. And that I like that. I think that's, we've mm. got a great story to tell. Yeah. We're sitting on a great resource here in Australia of fantastic stories mm-hmm. that would inspire young people instead of just going to the War Memorial or Questacon to come to this and hear these stories of faith that would mm-hmm. inspire them and give them hope uh, and give an honest appraisal of our history, not forcing religion on them, but telling them the real story of real people who did real things in our mm-hmm. own country. Well, that sounds fantastic. Uh, moving right along, unfortunately, you were quickly running out of time. You talk too much, Eric. <laughs> I know, I know. I just need to shut up and listen <laughs> once. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> no worries. I'm, I'm loving all this. Very fascinating. And uh, next, we're going to talk about pilgrimage. What, what does that mean in your life story? Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, let me bring it up to date. Last night I was on the phone to a a retired engineer from Sydney who wants to bring a group of nine young people out of Sydney to Burke through Dubbo, and he asked me to help him do this. And he read the chapter in my book about On the Road to Find Out. And my argument there is saying, look, 
even though there's, there's a drift out of the churches and our latest census says, yeah, people are leaving the church, doesn't necessarily mean they're walking away from God or disinterested in the God question. They're just perhaps disillusioned with the format. Mm. And there are 350 million people on pilgrimage on any given day of the year around the world. They're on the way to find out things. Mm -hmm. They're seeking meaning. And I talked to a girl just a few weeks ago who'd done the whole pilgrimage thing. She'd done the Camino Trail in France and Spain, walked that 1,000 kilometres, got to the beach, sat Mm -hmm. on the beach and said, I haven't found the answer. Mm -hmm. She eventually met some Christians who explained to her the bit that was missing. Yeah. I think she's typical of a whole generation of young men and women who are mm-hmm. seeking meaning and they're going on the road to find out. It's an mm-hmm. old tradition. And I think the churches need to tap into it and say, okay, look, we can join the dots and that's what I'm going to do for this group. I'm going to show them the Bill Ferguson story. I'm going to introduce them to the Flying Doctor service. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show them stories in Burke. So those young men and women, I hope and believe they'll catch the fire and say, wow, we've got stories to tell, and then say to them, listen, I've told you a few, but there's 10,000 stories out there that need to be found and researched. Mm -hmm. You can lead these stories as well. My ambition, Eric, is to see a new generation of young men and women who become storytellers to Australia who will love our stories, number one, absolutely Mm -hmm. love them, Mm -hmm. and then use all their gifts, could be in... Radio, it could be music, could be art, whatever, mm-hmm. to say we're going to tell these stories and we're going to tell them really well mm-hmm. so that people will see the face of Jesus. You know, my, my belief is if it's like those old dot paintings used to look at and they sort of finally suddenly a face would leap out of the dots, that if we tell enough of these stories, the face of Jesus will emerge out of our history. Hmm. Well, thank you so much, Paul Roll, for sharing your story with us today. It's a pleasure, Eric, and thank you for giving me a chance. And if people want to look at the Outback Historian website, there's a stack of stories I've been putting up there precisely mm-hmm. for this reason, so that they can take them and use them in their space, in their place. Wow, what a beautiful illustration to end today's conversation with Paul Rowe. As he said, if we tell enough of the stories of Australia's spiritual heritage, eventually the face of Jesus will emerge out of the history. It's a great way of looking at it and a great way of emphasising the importance of our shared spiritual heritage. To learn more about Australia's faith stories and to read some of these stories, once again, you can go to Paul's website. It's theoutbackhistorian.com.au. Once again, that's theoutbackhistorian.com.au. Also at Paul's website, you can learn about his book, Tell Me Another, a storyteller's search for Australia's lost faith. Well, thanks for joining us for this three-part series with Paul Rowe telling his story and several other stories. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Unknown to me, there was another car coming up from the top of Latrobe Street that had gone onto the wrong side of the road. The car hit me and I can recall that as my head hit the road, just this tremor, this tremor went from the top of my head right through my body. But then instantly I felt I wasn't in Latrobe Street any longer. When Miranda Burness was in her late 20s, everything seemed to be going her way. She had a successful business and was on her way to becoming an international netball umpire. But that all changed when tragedy struck and turned her life upside down. Miranda Burness from Ballarat will share her incredible story 
next time. The Story. Just another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.